I'm Jim Collison and live from the Gallup campus here in Omaha, Nebraska. This is Gallup's Build, Builder Talent Tuesday, Season 1, recorded on July 11th, 2017. Builder Talent Tuesday is the Gallup webcast series that dives deep into the builder profile talents, one talent at a time, and today's talent is confidence. And thank goodness it's confidence. You'll find out here a little bit why a little bit later. If you have questions, comments, or contributions during this webcast, we do have a live chat room available uh, for you below, right below the main video. And if you just look straight down there, there's a chat room available. Bottom left-hand corner, click the login button, choose the guest account, put your name in where it says the guest, and hit submit. Easiest way to get your questions into us. A couple of you out there in the chat room right now. And if you join us live, you get to ask us your questions live. We'd love to have you do that. If you're listening to the recorded version or have questions about custom strengths, coaching solutions for small, medium, or large organizations, we do that as well. Send us an email, coaching at gallup.com. Don't forget to visit the Gallup Strength Center, just gallupstrengthcenter.com. For all your Clifton Strengths coaching resources and training needs, you can also catch the video now downloadable and streaming audio for offline listening or podcasts. They're all available for you at our coaches blog. Go to coaching.gallup.com. Michael Ibrant is our host today. Michael works as a workplace consultant apparently all over the world. She's currently in Orlando outside enjoying some nice, warm, sunny weather. Welcome to Builder Talent Tuesday, Micah. Thanks, Jim. Great to be here. You know, wherever people need coaching, there I will be. That's right. We don't mess around and we don't miss times. And so here we are. And uh, Micah, we're here to talk about confidence. We could not maybe pick a better theme uh, today as we've, you know, you're on the road and uh, we're figuring this out. We will not be thwarted. We're going to get this pulled off today. Uh, hopefully you've downloaded your companion guide. And if you got that, print that out, have it in front of you, Micah, when we think about confidence and we have, we are high in confidence today, but uh, let's go through the companion guide. Sure. So confidence really is about that self-belief, the idea that regardless of what you're faced up against, there's something within you that can be the greatest uh, way to overcome those obstacles. People with with high confidence are keenly aware of their own ability. Uh, They harness that awareness to take quick action. They can make decisions very quickly and and very decisively. I I know that's sort of backwards to say make decisions decisively, but you know when you've been around somebody who makes a decision and you believe that that's absolutely what's going to be, that's what confidence is. It's about being able to seize opportunities, knowing that you will succeed, and being able to persist when things seem uncertain. If you think about really where's the power and edge of this theme, it is uh, when you think about entrepreneurship, it's about knowing that they have what it takes in order to be successful, to build a business, to build a team, to lead an organization. It's a confidence and a belief in the ideas that they have. Um, It's also, a, I think, a boost of energy in the insight that they have. They can easily convince others to be able to get action or get the results that they need. What does this look like? How does it how does it show up in, in people? Well, for somebody with high confidence, you're going to probably see them presenting themselves effectively, clearly understanding that they can influence others and being able to personalize that and think about the very best way to influence others. They tend to be action oriented. They take initiative. They have a, a great conviction in their ability to be successful entrepreneurs. Um, and I don't think that that shows up maybe as a lack of curiosity or a lack of doubt, but it is through the questioning, through the curiosity, um, confidence wins over doubt. 
Um, it also looks like being able to recognizing opportunities, um, not being plagued by analysis, um, acting quickly, effectively controlling life events. So it's not just about how you run your business, but it is how do you set up and present your whole self? Um, and, and how do you convince others of their ability to also get, get positive results? We think about confidence as a builder talent. Many times it's how do we lead? And for people with confidence, it's by loaning that confidence, by being able to say, I believe in you and here's why. There are a few potential blind spots. So we'll talk about those and also what you could do to invest so that those blind spots don't become weaknesses. Some potential blind spots that uh, confidence can bring. One of the blind spots is that you can make decisions very quickly and sometimes very quickly can seem hastily. Um, and that could mean that you're just simply underestimating perhaps the complexity of a situation. So in order to avoid that blind spot, avoid jeopardizing the future of your business by slowing down and considering relevant factors before you make a decision or maybe form a go-to board of directors. And I use that term loosely. I, I wouldn't capitalize the, the, the letters in board of directors, but who are your trusted advisors who are great thinkers? Make sure that you've got them kind of ready to go and think about the people who help you slow down. You can store your, your decision-making or your analysis, perhaps in your friends or your advisors. A second potential blind spot is underestimating resources by overestimating your ability to get things done without. Um, I experienced this myself. <laughs> you can sometimes get yourself into a situation where you say no to needing anything because you know that you'll just make it work. Well, that might work for you and might not work when you're leading other people, leading an initiative or, or leading a business. So make resources a stop on your decision matrix. Think about what is it that we're going to, that it's going to take in order to get through this. When, and when we talk about engagement at Gallup, we talk about do you have the materials and equipment that you need to get the job done right or, or, or to get the job done well? And perhaps it's about just a, a more systematic decision process so that you have to slow down and think about not just what can I get away with, but what do I need in order to really do this um, at, at a level of excellence? The third potential blind spot and the final one we'll talk about is you may overcommit resources in pursuit of opportunity without assessing the competition or without assessing market readiness. When you've got high confidence, you don't have to store that confidence in your customers. You don't have to really pay attention necessarily to what it is they need um, because you know what's right. Um, that can come, come to sort of uh, damage you in the long run. So think about how you could pay close attention to customer needs, to customer readiness, to technology, to your supply chain, to your delivery systems. Again, really all of these investment opportunities that we talk about are about positioning yourself at the start of a decision, but giving yourself some great tools, some great partners, some great resources to ensure the complexity of that decision. Um, you can still be the person who very quickly has some decisiveness around it. Just set up a, a, maybe a couple more steps that once you've made that choice, it goes through a little bit of a checks and balances. So finally, I've got a couple coaching ideas when you're coaching folks with, um, with confidence. The first is to think about finding your futuristic sweet spot. How far into the future are you confident? How far into the future do you like to plan? How far into the future gets you excited? And what are you most confident about in the future? That can help you create a, a sort of a compass for the present. So do your homework. Learn all you can about the market, about the industry, about the competition, 
learn who the subject matters are and they're going to be attracted to your confidence. So, so build a relationship with them. Um, also avoid the trap of speed. You may need to pause to make decisions. Use your confidence, not just as a decision-making tool, but also as a relationship builder. Um, think about investing confidence into your, your relationship network. Uh, discuss opportunities with your network and, and places where you both could, could benefit. Um, you can easily influence others. So the gift and the strength that you bring to a network of advisors or of peers could be that you are the liaison that gets the message out to a wider audience. Um, think about growing this as you grow a stronger support network. Find ways to challenge your own thinking. Um, iron sharpens iron, so find people who are brave enough to keep you sharp. Find people, if they're not within your own organization, who can be anywhere within your life who will challenge your kind of confidence. Um, I think that folks with high confidence enjoy that. It gives you an opportunity to flex that muscle, but find a safe place where you can really um, find an opportunity either through research or through dialogue or through debate to get even better at, at your confidence by finding people who will be equally confident back with you. There's my overview. Um, and, and at this point, we get the, the sincere pleasure of actually getting to speak with a leader who leads with confidence. Shahab is with us on the, on the program today. Shahab, welcome. Hey, thank you very much for having me. Good to be here. Shahab, could you just tell us um, a little bit about yourself to get us started? Sure. Um, I'm currently in a role at the AARP Foundation leading an innovation effort uh, to help low-income older adults uh, deal with uh, social isolation and loneliness. Uh, so it's given me an opportunity here uh, to work with uh, more resources than uh, I'm used to and, and in starting new ventures on my own, uh, which, is, which has been a, a, whole new, uh, a whole new world for me. Um, the last uh, 15 years, uh, I've started uh, a few companies and uh, about four companies. And as you know, um, when you're just starting off, you're just rubbing two nickels together uh, to, to make things happen. Um, so it, it's, a, it's a big change for me uh, in, in, in taking on a more traditional uh, employee position. Uh, but I found something that I'm very passionate about. It leverages some of my past experience around uh, building networks, um, building communities, and uh, still having the ability to develop new products and, and innovate within a, within a broader organization. Uh, and uh, before joining AARP Foundation, um, I spent, uh, like I say, about 15 years uh, building a few companies from uh, mostly in the tech space collaboration software um, called HyperOffice uh, for about eight, nine years. Um, and then I built a company called Co-Founders Lab, um, which is uh, one of the largest community of entrepreneurs in the world. Uh, it's sort of like an e-harmony for entrepreneurs. Uh, and then I built a company called Breezio, which is a collaborative uh, community engagement platform. And so there have been some common themes all throughout, which is to do with bringing people together to solve problems, bringing the right people together uh, to solve problems, um, which has uh, been fun to, to do that in a, in a technical and you know, using technology uh, to, to facilitate those connections. 
Excellent. What throughout this big adventure of starting different organizations and then finally joining your with AARP, what has confidence really looked like for you? Well, uh, confidence uh, continues to 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 be uh, an asset that 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 I uh, rely on. Um, it has helped me develop my uh, relationships, my the network that I have. I I consider my greatest asset um, that I can. Uh, move from one venture to the next. Uh, not only were that I have this, you know, some people that were working for me previously follow me to a new venture, um, but same with investors, um, some partners, uh, university relationships. All of those, you know, many of those have been transportable, and I've been able to do that by uh, gaining their trust, managing those relationships, and really. Uh, demonstrating my capabilities in a, in a confident way that they are willing to join me in, 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 in the next chapter that, that uh, I invite them into. When do you feel like you're most confident? Are there certain times or certain projects or certain beliefs that you feel more confident than others? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, whenever you're in a, in a new environment, um, you, you, you sort of lose a little bit of confidence because you try to sort of uh, uh, normalize the environment, whether that's having, you know, if they're brand new people, getting those people, new people to a, uh, a level of trust that is productive bilaterally and, 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 not, and having high performance teams. Um, so I think anytime you're in a new environment, it, it, it needs to be worked on more deliberately. Um, I seem to be, you know, more confident when there are uh, less uh, variables that I haven't dealt with. Um, so um, if there are, if it's with a technology or a mission or the, 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 the stakeholders are familiar or, or, or resemble uh, things I've experienced in the past, that, that typically helps um, build, uh, build more confidence. Um, and I think another another aspect about uh you know maintaining a high level of confidence is to work in within sort of smaller increments and you talked in the opening a little bit about you know finding the healthy balance between how far in the future that you're going and so trying to break those cycles down into smaller increments and really having sort of a healthy balance between saying, all right, I don't know what's going to happen in, in, in stages four, five, and six, but I do have a pretty good idea of how to have a tight feedback loop to get me through stages one, two, and three. And that's the ability to synthesize information and make the adjustments uh, and doing those in, in smaller increments uh, really helps gain um, you know, insights and, and have more, more confidence in, in your decision, um, but not to allow yourself to get too bogged down into the future steps that might be, you know, steps four, five, and six in this example, you are orienting, orienting yourself the way you'd orient yourself to, you know, the horizon, looking at a horizon, but you're not looking at 100 yards, 200 yards. You're looking very far into that horizon, making sure that you're aiming in the right direction. Um, but then the confidence to know that somehow, I've figured it out in most, most situations. And so rather than kind of get, um, 
you know, become a deer in headlights going, well, I don't want to go through these next, these immediate two, three, uh, immediate two or three phases in the near term, because I haven't figured out the long term, uh, say stages five or six. Um, but I have gotten myself through the things that have looked like this or more difficult. And so I will allow myself the room of uncertainty while I, while I get heads down on, on the immediate um, task at hand and knowing that I'll, I'm equipped to synthesize information, call in experts, recalibrate resources, and in some cases, uh, refocus the objective uh, so you can, you, you, you can be um, successful in it. Is this something that happens that other people notice, or are you talking about more of an internal reframing? Uh, well, most of what I described is, is, is happening internally. Um, however, with my teams, uh, with, with my teams, um, there are uh, individuals who I need to coach up to, um, to sort of, you know, let, encourage them to uh, let go about, uh, let go of the uncertainty or the discomfort that comes with the uncertainty about being too far in the future. Um, the reframing and the recalibrating of goals is something that I do deliberately um, very regularly with, uh, with my teams. Do you feel like your teams or, or your partners even come to you for your confidence? Uh, you know, I really like um, a, uh, this, this notion that uh, you mentioned in the opener, and I've never had put it in those terms, um, but to loan confidence. Um, yeah, I think people do uh, borrow some confidence uh, from, uh, for, from time to time or sometimes uh, give them the permission to, um, to continue to uh, execute on, on the path that, that they're at. And in some cases, I'm refining their strategy. In some cases, I'm consciously or subconsciously giving them a little bit more confidence um, but what I often do is, is I see, you know, confidence is uh, being, you know, having the information at hand in your own belief um, in order to achieve a goal. Um, but what really can, one of the things that can throw you off is when the stakes are so high that where you set the bar for having enough information to be in action on something can be so high that you don't have the confidence to do it. So sometimes all you, what you just need to do is try to take the edge off of the decision and the implications that it has. So when you're in an environment where you're, let's say you're working in a low trust environment where people feel like their jobs are on the line, if they were to make a mistake, you know, trying to sort of reassure them, look like you've been doing a great job. Um, if we make a mistake, it's not the end of the world. Um, and I'll never forget a quote where they, I think it was a chief innovation officer at Polaroid who had gone through, um, sort of, you know, joined when Polaroid was doing great and then kind of was getting their butts kicked in the late 90s. And one of the things that he would say to his staff would be like, you know, if we don't get this right, nobody's going to lose a life over it, right? And so you just sort of bring it back down to earth and just by taking the edge off a little bit can help your team uh, sort of muster up the confidence that they need to, to be effective. Cause that's where 
we're most most effective is not when we're operating from a place of of, of high doubt and fear, but from a place of confidence and flow. Shahab, um, when you think about your role now, you're kind of in an existing organization that has stability and strength, and you, you might be more of an entre or an intrapreneur versus the 15 years that you had creating new companies. Does your confidence take a different twist, in, or are you seeing maybe a different use of it inside the organization because you know the, the situations may be different? Are you, are you sensing a different change in that for you? Uh, yeah, one of the, where where one of the places my mind goes is in um, you know if you think about if I you know if I try to sort of analyze why I've been um, been able to develop confidence and use that as a strength, um, I've been able to gain people's uh, trust. And when I was building my own company, I had to gain their trust before they joined. And unless they had worked for me in the past, and it was a little, it was slightly easier to do. Um, but when I get I, another strength that I have is uh, connectedness. So these things sort of feed on each other. So um, if I if I fail, if I'm able to develop rapport through connectedness with someone, and then I um, deliver the goods, you know, as an achiever, I don't know if I can deliver the goods. They believe in you more and they're ready to sort of walk through walls for you, right? When you go into an existing company, I have to build that trust one person and one department at a time because I've been parachuted into this organization rather than building your own company when you're handpicking and develop, developing that trust um, at, you know, before, before you join. So I think, I think that's one thing that, that's, that's very different. Um, when you're when you have a company, uh, people um, follow you because of your vision, and so another one of my strengths is is belief, and I think that's another one of those that that feeds into confidence. So I'm confident because I really believe in you know in in the fabric of my of, of my body about like the decision and why I'm why I'm taking something on. And so inside of a company, same thing, they may not know that I really, I came here because I believe that the fabric of today's society in the United States is suffering tremendously. And one of the core problems is that people aren't as socially connected as we had been in the past, whether it's because we've substituted with, with digital social networks or, uh, you know, religion isn't as popular or, uh, financial pressure has 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 put um, has made people sort of move to other cities to get a job, and they can't live with their families. This really, I believe that this is such a big problem in our society that I've taken on this impact area within the foundation, and I direct innovations to solve that problem. Well, um, my there are people who take jobs at this organization and others um, that they're just a job. And so, when if you're if you're working interdepartmentally or you're reporting into into me, and and you don't really know, I have to I have to really demonstrate that I believe in this area, and then that confidence now, well, that that uh, belief and that authenticity and confidence now can mobilize p 
people and their energy and their focus towards what I'm trying to, to get done. And that's a much different exercise inside of an organization where you're, you know, employee number, I don't know, 300, because uh, I'm on AARP Foundation, we're the charitable arm, we're a little bit small, much smaller than AARP proper. And um, so you're part of an organization, there are people who've been here 15, 20 years, and so they may not really, they need, they need time to really buy, to, to, to buy that story. Yeah, I love to hear, I mean, as you were talking about that, I, I love to hear those, that empathy and belief and responsibility come out in you. And, and actually, you know, uh, maybe even applying that same as you think about the spirit of an entrepreneur in all those organizations that you built and the confidence to push people forward. And then you think about translating that to your new role where you're, you have this really important mission. And it, you just explained it, you know, to us as like, we have a social problem. We need to do something about it. And of course, what you're doing there with, with our older generation is, is just as important as anything. So, uh, you know, kind of great to hear that. And then great to hear that confidence coming from another point of view. In other words, when it's just a few of you and you're a solo or when you're a small entrepreneur and you're the one carrying the load, now you need to bring the, it's in, in your current role, now you need, what I heard you say is I kind of need to bring the organization through that. So have this confidence to stand on the mission and the purpose of what we're doing. And it's, it's kind of pulling the organization along with you. And uh, so very interesting here, those, the, the two dichotomies, they're both needed, by the way. Very, right. very different. That's right. And there's another sphere, which is um, the external relationships. So your customers and strategic partners and being able to have the confidence um, to develop with them. Now here in an organization, it's a tremendous advantage versus at a startup because at a startup, when I went to, let's say um, Columbia university, when I was starting co-founders lab, Columbia university, this large, you know, institution um, which cares so much about their reputation and people inside the organization that, that, that care about their reputation um, are also wondering, is this startup going to be around? And so when you're coming in with AARP Foundation, we've been around for 38 years. We have the resources. And so you, they have more confidence in doing business with you. So that's been uh, organizationally, there is a, there's a, we've talked so much about personal confidence in interrelations. But there's the organization to organization in, in uh, interplay, um, and, uh, and and so you can really sort of uh, play up the confidence that that the team that you're working on, the organization you're with, uh, brings. Bear with me one second here. I'm gonna. I'll just I'm gonna, wave your arms. Wave my arms. <laughs> here, see if we can get the get light, back, light on. back on. Actually, Actually, did a great time. It was like right when you were making a really cool point. It all all lies were on him. <laughs> There we go. And, and Shab, not, not uh, actually that big of a deal because we uh, actually the light was fine either way, but uh, good to have you back. Uh, Amanda had asked this question in the chat. Uh, any, uh, so, and Micah had mentioned earlier, you know, one of the, as we think about um, one of the blind spots is making decisions too quickly or too confidently. And so, you know, you're like, I know I'm going to do this. Have you, have you done anything in, in both 
when you were an entrepreneur and now inside the organization that gives you some accountability. You have responsibility, number four. So I imagine there's some of that built into you naturally. But have you put anything in place to kind of add accountability in your decision-making process to ensure you're not moving too quickly? Yeah, so with um, both, in every venture that I've had, I've had a co-founder. And um, there's a reason why I started an organization called Co-Founders Lab. I'm a big proponent that high-performing startups statistically prove much more successful when you have two, maybe three founders on your team. And I, I, I do a whole uh, you know, presentation on, on that. And, and, uh, and I think it's very con, uh, you know, compelling um, from a statistics standpoint. And, and one of the reasons that I've been, one of the benefits for me has been to have that balancing force to get me to slow down and really uh, reevaluate a decision um, from a more informed and uh, data informed point of view. So when I was starting Co-Founders Lab, uh, Cullen was definitely the more uh, conservative, sort of moved a little slower, needed the numbers. He was the finance guy. And in the beginning, it was it would strain the relationship because I would get so frustrated and just be like, gosh, I mean, you know, it's I don't know. I don't remember all the reasons why, but they added it up and into my gut. And now my gut says this is the way to go. And he would he would make me unpack this thing and I would have to you know, here's what, you know, here's what I ate and here's what I ate next. And here's how this whole thing kind of came together. And I'd have to develop that, 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 that picture for him. And by understanding the differences uh, and really harnessing that as a strength to say, these are balancing forces and I need to respect him and his decision-making process. It forced me to go through, through some of that. Now here at, at a large organization, um, that's something I think every entrepreneur struggles with when you're used to being a little bit more unencumbered. There's less consensus to be built, um, but you have to do that. And so there is a innovation process here where you go through these checkpoints and you make presentations to get the, the organization um, to, take, uh, to take these risks because we are uh, spending hard, uh, hard-earned dollars uh, from our uh, our generous uh, donors and, and and through other uh, means to, uh, to 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 go out and develop new products and services and put them into into the marketplace and you have to remember the organization has a uh, a multi billion dollar brand and so risk is very important to manage for them so now I've gone to a totally another extreme where you um, you have this institution that steps you through these checkpoints. And it's not just like, hey, you know, it sounds good in a, in a 20 minute pitch. It's like, show us every, you know, data point and every person you interviewed and, uh, and, 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 and really make that case. So I've, I've sort of gone into, into the other extreme. And so I have all of those sort of safety nets, if, if you will. Um, but, you know, you still struggle to find a, 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 a healthy pace where you're still sort of motivated and inspired and you're seeing some things sort of clicking fast enough. Um, but at the same time, you're, you're maintaining, uh, you're sort of re respecting the process. And by respecting your process, you're also bringing in all of the resources because as you know, in, in, in larger organizations, it's not just, Hey, that's your department and you should respond to emails or do anything for this other 
client, if you will, or other organization that needs your resources, they have to buy into it. And by, by doing it within this framework, uh, we're, we're able to achieve that. Sounds like you're describing a really great collaborative relationship. Who makes you better? Who do you make better? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Have you found that you need different types of relationships now that you're inside an organization versus when you're working on a startup? Yeah. So one of the things that I've done is I recognize my weakness in this sort of classical innovation. Um, it's like the difference between, you know, maybe having a five-star Michelin chef um, and then taking that five-star Michelin chef and being like, hey, we need you to write, uh, we need you to author a book of recipes. And you may not be able to do that. I think people who write, who write cookbooks um, are a certain type. And it's not necessarily because you're a great chef. You can do that because you, some of them are instincts. You know, I don't know, was it two dashes of, of salt or was it two teaspoons? Like, I, I don't, you know, some of the stuff is happening so fast and you, you rely on so many of your instincts and that's really your advantage is you've seen this so many times. I mean, every, every company I've had a half-life, you know, it was, it was set, it was, you know, uh, eight and then it was eight years. I did the first one. Then I was involved with the next one for four years. The next one was literally two years. Um, and now I'm working on one year innovation cycles. And so the reason I've been able to do that is I've seen these patterns so many times I start to find that I start to recognize those and do those a little bit faster, but I may not be able to articulate them in a clear way that fits nicely into this innovation process that, um, that I think is actually one of the more mature um, programs that, that exist out there. Um, so what I've had to do is, is bring on people who can help play uh do that translation. So I'm still kind of working in my strengths and I'm not sort of getting completely bogged down to work inside of a new system. It'd be like taking, it'd be like, you know, taking, you know, uh, a great quarterback. I was going to say Brett Favre, but I don't want to create a lot of controversy on this, on this webinar. Um, but taking a great, a great quarterback that works in a good system and making them do, uh, do a totally different offense. And so, you know, having someone who can sort of, um, sometimes run interference, sometimes uh, force me to, to write down the, the ingredients of, of a particular recipe. Um, and then in some cases being able to, to know, hey, like this, um, this template doesn't actually accommodate this decision and we're going to go around it for this particular case. So uh, that's sort of how I've done it. It was through, you know, bringing the right teammates on to, uh, to help bridge that that gap for me while I'm learning this new system and working inside of it. I liked what you said earlier about having somebody who makes you regurgitate and unpack what you already know in your gut, um, mm -hmm. because confidence is about not doing that. It's about being able to to move forward without that kind of analysis. But what a great awareness uh, partners can bring. Yeah, I'm I'm curious about this half life notion. How what is and maybe this is a leap we can't make. Uh, it's more about you and less about confidence as a theme. But what's the best success that confidence can see? How do you know when you've succeeded and you can move on? Is it when you've influenced others or when some, some sort of action is taken? Is it when something new happens? What do you, what do you aim for? Um, I think it's, uh, it's having your team and your stakeholders uh, 
uh, energized off of the same fuel and not needing to put more uh, fuel back into their engines. And you sort of get this escape velocity with all the people that you're working with. And when that, when they've bought into that level and they've started to act confidently on the charge that we, on the mission that you're on, that's when you know that you've done a, you've done a great job and uh, confidence in your other skills and strengths have served you well. Um, so I like this idea that it is when you've influenced, it sounds like, you know, when, when you've made the opportunity to lend some of that confidence to other people. Um, yeah. If you think and about, yeah, go not ahead. A, there's, not a con, there's not a sort of an ongoing maintenance to the commitments that we're, that we're making. And of course you've got to be challenged and question, you know, as you're making big turns and big decisions. Uh, but you've, you know, people are, are, have sort of bought in into that and you can, uh, you can really sense that um, in, in, in your interactions with them. Does that mean that you're constantly looking for the next challenge or the next people to, to convince? Well, you're always growing your, 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 your circle. Um, if you have the, if you don't have the finances to grow your resources, then uh, you're brokering uh, partnerships. And that's what, that's what's been one of my secret sauces in, in my ventures has been to supplement uh, uh, financial resources with partnerships. So whether you have the financial means, um, you can always partner. Um, there's always a way to find a partnership to work. And so you're constantly growing your, you know, your, uh, your sphere of influence and bringing in more actors uh, to, uh, to, 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 to drive at the same goal. Great. I'm curious, it sounds like you've done a lot of really good self-reflection on your confidence. Is there anything you've learned about it that has caused you to act differently? If you would advise somebody now who just learned that they have confidence, what kind of suggestions would you give them? Um, well, I've been around other people with high degrees of confidence. And uh, one of the things that I've, I've been sort of on the receiving side, which I'm very careful on not to do, is when, um, when I'm asked for, uh, and so when I like if I ask for more personal advice, um, someone with a high degree of confidence may not ask all the questions and really get a full picture and give you a recommendation. And because they're confident or maybe they're senior or they've been around longer or just because they have that, uh, that it about them, um, you could end up taking their advice at face value and, and taking it too much, uh, too literally. And so I've been disappointed in myself in taking sort of some of the, some of that advice um, unfiltered. And so I would say, be careful because you can influence people, um, particularly in like in personal situations and know that you, they might be taking you, you know, and I warn them and say, you know, take this with a grain of salt. And so you have to be careful sort of how you, um, how you sort of administer administer some, some of those uh, recommendations. Um, What's the safest way then for you to brainstorm with people? If there's so much weight to everything you say, how do you explore things that you're not quite sure of? Well, if we're, if, if I'm working on somebody else's problem or, or goals and we're not talking so much from a leadership position, it's uh, you just be a lot more Socratic about it and you ask the right questions and try to uh, lead people more 
uh, you know, like a great coach would do um, and, and being less directive about it. I like that idea of just asking great questions. Do you have go-to questions that you, you constantly ask people or is it tailored to the situation? I think it's, I think it's really tailored to the situation, but uh, one of the common themes is I'm trying to figure out, um, I want to get a clear understanding of where they're trying to go, what their limitations are, and what they're really afraid of. And those are those things are pretty common uh, in, in in most uh, in, in those situations where I'm being asked to offer advice or coach somebody through a personal decision or maybe a professional career choice. This it's this funny. might go back to I'm sorry, Micah, but let me let me interrupt real quick. This might go back to the question we had from Amanda in the chat room. This may go back to this uh, question we had about working with others. And you, you brought in, you know, the partner concept on it. But have you ever, or do you think with high confidence, and in, in, in back to the blind spot, do you think you might struggle a little bit with this idea that you can't do it all? Like you cannot physically do everything, but you inside you think you can. Have you run into a situation where maybe the confidence hasn't worked well for you in that, in that concept? Yeah, I think, uh, I mean, I've, I've I certainly have grown a lot. I think, um, you know, 10 years ago, I, I, I did a lot more of that. Um, once I got to a point where um, either there, I, I was taking on so much responsibility because you're really just, you're just screwing yourself. You're just giving yourself more responsibility and more things to do and more things to stress out about. And I realized that I was, um, you know, taking on too much and, try to figure out where it was coming from. And sometimes I would, uh, I, I would maybe take a shortcut and say, Hey, look, I'm going to, I think I have a, I think I have a pretty good idea how to take this on. Um, I think, you know, as you age and you become a little bit more wiser, um, you try to, um, optimize, um, for your strengths and less around your calories. And the more that you begin to realize that, um, you can start to, uh, you can start to delegate a little bit more and sort of realize like this isn't the best the the, the best thing now being confident is not the same as um, being powerful or, or 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 being a bully or or or, uh, or, or sitting in a meeting and and, and and not generously listening to every point of view I mean every leader every effective leader I've met um, the responsibility of making uh, of, of having that authority um, includes being able to listen to every point of view, and, and and so I think that's somewhat related to what you're talking about is taking on responsibility, but also being able to let go in in some of the decision making as well. Yeah, and I, I love that you you brought that kind of back around because there, I think there's a confidence that comes from uh, rep repetition. We have that here, Mike and I have that here. We've done so many of these webcasts that if things go wrong, we kind of know how to, you know, we we know what to do. We know how to get out of it. We've done, you know, and I think that's confidence in process. But I think for you, it's much deeper. It's a confidence in that I know we can get through this because. I've put things in place or we've put things in place or there are systems in place that, that, um, that I will stand on. And I, and I also think, and, and maybe you can talk about this. Have you been in a moment when you know the people around you were shaking a little bit and you needed to kind of just stand your ground and say, guys, 
gals, we can make it through this. Have you had that experience in your career over the last 15 or 20 years where you've been put in that situation and you just really needed to stand up and say, we're pushing forward? Yeah, um, absolutely. I mean, you do, you do it in a couple of ways. One is uh, being decisive and, and sometimes it's to develop, uh, you know, the confidence and lead uh, with, with that confidence. There's certainly been uh, many instances um, I can think the ones that sort of stand out the most is when you're starting to run on, on reserve with, uh, with revenues and, and every company is, has to come up against that and being able to find a creative way, uh, a creative way out of that. And, um, you know, as, as humbling as it is to be the subject of, of, of this, uh, of this workshop, um, I'm, I've been on the other side of that as well. And I need, you know, I need somebody to, you know, come in and sort of shake you out of it and say, Hey, like we've done this before, or this isn't uh, we've got a good plan or here's what our safety net's going to be. Uh, and, and, and that's been, that's been tremendously important. That's why I believe so much in having that, those founding teams in a, in a, in a nice installation of, of, of trusted advisors, board members, advisors, uh, longtime uh, mentors um, to help draw from those, uh, those supporting actors uh, to, to get you through some of those situations. Is it fair to say you're not always super confident? <laughs> Definitely. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. I'm, uh, I think, a new realm right now that uh, I'm, I'm, I lack uh, confidence in is, is in, uh, in parenting. Um, that has uh, totally, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> brought me, uh, you know, reminded me that, um, that, you know, I, you just don't, you know, you don't have it figuring it out. I think, I think also just being in, in, uh, in personal relationships, you know, having your friends who, you know, they're like, Hey, come on. Like, you really, be- you really believe that? I mean, you know, getting them to, you have that rapport with them where they can really, as you said, you know, iron sharpens iron and that can happen because you have great trust and, you know, I've come home after, you know, I just had a great quarter and I presented to, uh, to all the executives and I'm going to go and, and, uh, and, and change a million people's lives. Um, but when I come home, my wife reminds, asked me if I took out the trash and walked the dog. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's, uh, that, 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 that's a healthy, that, that's healthy for, for all of us. And we need it professionally, uh, uh, emotionally and, um, and, and, and within, our, within our family and friends as well. It's a good point. I always tell people all the time, I learn the most I've ever learned about management from my children. And uh, they are just great examples. I think if you want to be a great leader, um, I think you've, you know, they're a great testing ground. Micah, we are getting close to the end of our time here. Any final thoughts, final questions uh, that we might want to ask? You know, I think that you've, you've taught us a lot about uh, confidence and maybe dispelled some of the quickness that we are to judge what it means. Um, you know, I, I love, Shahab, when you said it's not about being a bully. It's not being the only person who has an opinion in the room. Uh, but it's also not about a lack of doubt. It's, gosh, it's about registering that doubt with your gut. And I think that really that's the power and edge of confidence is being able to lead with your gut after you've thought it through with your brain or maybe starting with your gut and helping people sharpen that even further than, than they could have gone without somebody who's leading with that kind of passion, that kind of sort of values-based piece. Um, the other thing that I love is, is you talked really about how to influence people beyond just being right. 
you know, it's how do you tie it, almost triangulate what you're trying to influence by tying it to an organizational value or tying it to a bigger goal and then um, simplifying it, bringing it back down to the action that we need to take. Um, it's obvious you've done a lot of really great work around your own leadership and we're very grateful that you're able to share that with us today. So thank you so much for, for joining us, but also just for the work that you're doing. My pleasure. And Shahab, we're gonna we may lose you in the post as we we go out here. As uh, it, just if your battery goes, thank you for doing. Oh, there he goes. Thank you for. Uh, for well, we'll thank Shahab for for coming on and uh, and for doing what he does. Micah, an exercise in confidence today. <laughs> I don't know what that was, but thank you. You mentioned repetition, and that's why we can be confident in each other, Jim. I, when I had to last minute plan this trip to come speak um, at a conference, I actually get to talk about Strengths Explorer tomorrow to about 500 uh, counselors who use it. So it's a super worthwhile um, trip, but I just, I love the confidence that you had to say, we will make it work. Um, so a lot of confidence, if you don't have it, if you don't lead with it from a BP10 place, comes from relationship. Um, so thank you for, for having that in me and my ability to screw around the technology. Thanks to everyone joining for your patience today. Uh, and thanks to Roy for editing out any non-confident moments. He, he will do a fine job. I, I, I will, Mike, I, I will say in this confidence conversation that we're having, I do make a difference. I do differentiate. Confidence is eight for me. And so I don't, I don't know. There are times when I'm in new situations where I'm going to lean on someone else who has that high. The confidence, what we do today, uh, really exists from experience. And I just know I've had enough experience that I can, I can draw on that. But I don't know if I'm as naturally confident, right? For those like Shahab who has that high, I think that's, there's an intrinsic I'm going to do my homework and get this done so I can be confident, right? That's one of those, you know, I, I, think it's a, I think it's a little different when we think about it. One, from experience. Two, it comes intrinsically, right? It's built into me. I think those can be a little bit different, don't you think? I think, I think so. Maybe, you know, I have confidence high. And I think maybe this could also d describe the difference between you and I with your arranger versus my adaptability you have relationships with all the moving pieces and that's what makes you make you move efficiently. Whereas I just know it'll be okay. I think one element of confidence is being able to trust yourself as a resource. Um, that at the end of the day, you don't have to have thought it through. You will think it through because you're relying on yourself. But if, if everything goes wrong, kind of like, by the way, uh, my phone almost died, which is why I no longer have headphones in right now. Um, but it's just knowing that you don't have to have resources. You will be the answer. Um, and that's, that's really different. And I think what we learned from Shahab is being able to translate that into business and not just have to go at it on your own, but being able to use that as a leader. Yeah. Well, and in this case, and I just mentioned this, I, and I, I don't feel as comfortable being the number one guy or gal out in front, right? I'm the, the number one person. I always like to come in behind the person with high confidence and execute those things that they, that they want to do. And so maybe I'm leaning, you know, we, we've been doing this for a long time and I lean, I know no matter what, you're going to be okay. We're going to figure this thing out. Right. And so I can, I can say we can fix anything. I mean, I can fix the technical side as long as you're willing to put, if you, you know, if this, if you got bent every time something went wrong, uh, I would have less confidence and, and less desire, right, to do these things. And yet, I think as leaders, as entrepreneurs, we, we can, those high in confidence can express that same confidence in helping people because people want to be comfortable 
in moving forward, right? They, they, they want to know it's going to be okay. And you have to be able to display that for people to follow you. And I, and I just, it's, it's, it's an amazing thing. I, and I am so glad as we wrap up all 10. So we we're, we're at the end, right? We've gotten, we've made it through this year, all 10 and we'll look forward to what the future is like, but I'm kind of glad we ended on this one and, uh, and exciting to see and, uh, and Shahab really e- explain that to us in a way. And yet, you know, not a, we think of risk. I, I never got the sense that there was, it was ever shaky or shady or, in, in anything he does moving forward, it's always well thought out, well calculated, well thought through. And so that confidence comes through preparation. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I, I just, I, I love that. He was just cool, calm and calculated, you know, like this is, this is why we do things. And Oh, by the way, I started a business cause I believe people need partners. We started something for that. So that's right. pretty awesome. And did you catch what he said at the very beginning of he's super confident when things are new? I think regardless of what your talents are, look for the places that they thrive. You know, if you've got confidence, it is go, go to places that need it because you're better there. You know, if you've got risk, it's take it, take the risk. If you've got relationships, make sure you're surrounding yourself with people. Um, And as we wrap up all 10, if you haven't taken VP 10, do it today. It will be such a great extension of what you know about yourself, whether you're an entrepreneur or not. I will agree with that. And with that, we'll remind everyone to take full advantage of all the resources we have available at the Gallup Strength Center. That's where it's at, by the way. Head out to gallupstrengthcenter.com. Send us your questions or comments if you'd like to be a guest blogger on our coach's site. If you want to do that, uh, we'd love to have some entrepreneurial writing around strengths and, and BP10. Send us an email, coaching at gallup.com. We're looking for original work, four to 600 words, and to send that in. Put guest blogger in the subject line, and Micah, that will make its way over to Micah, and we will consider that for our blog. If you haven't been out to the blog, we're making a lot of changes to it, some updates that are coming on, and so we're excited about that as well. Coaching.gallup.com is the blog address. If you're interested in becoming a Gallup Certified Strengths Coach or you're interested in taking any of our training, we have a bunch of new stuff that's out there. You might want to always stay up to date with it. Head out to our, our training or our, our courses site. It's just at courses. We try not to make this too difficult. Course, if I could say it, courses.gallup.com. And if you have any questions, you can send us an email, coaching at gallup.com. Don't forget to stay up to date with everything that's going on around BP10. And uh, that's on our courses page. If you found this helpful, we'd ask that you'd share it. And uh, we, Micah, we made it through. With that, uh, we'll say goodbye, everybody.